On this week's episode of The Fizz, I discuss with you guys my last 24 hours, in which Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay stole my Instagram photo, and I got the chance to interview skateboarding legend Tony Hawk. We play a little over-under, I talk a little fantasy, and then we move on to our Game of Thrones winners and losers. But before we get into all that, I'd like to tell you guys about the Score app, an app being developed right here in Detroit, Michigan. It'll be available this month. The way the app works is it's kind of like betting. They offer bar deals in your area based on the sports you love. So the deals will look something like, if Matthew Stafford throws two touchdowns during the game, we will offer two free beers at this bar. You select that deal. Once the ball kicks off, those deals lock. If that happens, you can redeem those deals at the bar nearest you. Learn more about it by following them on Instagram, at scoredeals. That's at S-C-O-R-E-D-E-A-L-S, at Score Deals. But now, let's get into the fizz. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne pop like we want a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Hello and welcome everyone to episode four of The Fizz. I'm your host, Frank Cerise. Thanks again for joining me. Um, It is Tuesday evening at the Foundation Hotel and holy shit, um, I've had a pretty long day. Um, I'm normally in here around 5.30 after work. It is now 7 p.m. Um, so I'm running a little late today, but that's just fine. We'll do whatever we got to do to make the fizz as enjoyable as possible for you. I live my life in mercy to you, the listener. If you're unhappy, I'm unhappy. If you're happy, I'm kind of happy. Um, so whatever I can do to make you guys happy, I want to know, let me know your feedback. Um, I assume if I don't hear anything from anybody that it just had to suck ass. So if there's things you like or you don't like, please let me know. I'll either fix it or I'll just tell you to fuck off. But the first thing I want to share with you guys um, today, I kind of just want to talk about my last, I don't know, like 24-ish hours. Not even, not even, yeah, no, about 24 hours. So last night um, I was perusing the internet trying to find something that you guys, the viewers, the listeners might like to view on the Instagram. And I, I was searching for uh, Kenny Galladay pictures. And Kenny Galladay, if you guys don't know, was the Lions' third-round draft pick this year out of Northern Illinois, big wide receiver. Um, Some people got some sneaky hopes for him. Well, he absolutely crushed it in the first preseason game versus the Indianapolis Colts. He had two touchdowns, um, probably a bunch of other numbers that I'm not looking at right now, but he had a great game, uh, you know, and he inspired a lot of hope into a lot of Detroit Lions fans, which honestly is not hard to do. Uh, you catch two touchdowns in a preseason game versus, like, arguably the worst secondary in the NFL. And, you know, everyone in Detroit's got a boner, including me. I got a big boner over him. Um, I also got this football arousal, not just from his play on the field, but also because he's wearing number 19. So anybody that knows me or even follows any of the champagne stuff uh, would know that Number 19 is my favorite number of all time. Steve Eiserman is my favorite athlete of all time. So whenever I see 19, um, I take it as a good omen. So Galladay catching the two passes um, and wearing number 19, good omen, right? Throbbing boner, pulsating boner. Um, now I, Maybe not that much, but it was enough for me 
to look on the internet to try to find a photo of him to post on Instagram. So I found a good photo of him. I don't know if any of you guys read the article. Probably the people who listened to this probably did read the article, so I apologize for uh, doubling down on your ass, but this is what I kind of want to talk about. There was a watermark on the photo, so I photoshopped the watermark off of it. Um, sorry, Getty Images. Um, it was your photo, whatever. I stole it. It's the internet. This is what we do. So I took the watermark off of that, but in taking out the watermark, I also had to like edit out this like defensive back, this Colts defensive back that was in the background. And then I just like made like the outside of it blurry so no one would notice. And then I posted on my Instagram and it was, you know, whatever. It's on my Instagram, on the champagne Instagram. Then I'm laying in bed um, around midnight and I'm, you know, I'm just flipping through um, shit on my phone because I can't sleep. And I see that Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver out of Northern Illinois, third round pick Detroit Lions, has posted the exact same photo editing's the same i noticed the db is gone it's all blurry the guy just the guy just went up and stole the photo you know hey i'm not mad at that because i just told you guys i stole the photo you know from the internet and literally up like 99.9 percent of the instagram is just stolen photos from the internet not credited to the photographer that i'm just using for my own selfish gain but you know fuck them so Galladay takes this photo, he posts it, doesn't tag me, doesn't like it, doesn't follow me on anything, and that's kind of it. Doesn't acknowledge a damn thing. Uh, so that was interesting. I thought maybe new guy, rookie to the city, third-round pick, Northern Illinois, like getting acquainted with maybe his fan base would just shoot me like uh, shoot me a like. Or what I wanted was a good looks. I wanted a good with the eyeball emojis. I wanted a good looks. Um, and I thought maybe he would accommodate that. I even offered – um, to take him out for root beer floats. And that offer is still on the table if you're listening to this, Kenny. Root beer float is still on the table if you want to uh, hash this thing out. I, I don't see there being any beef here. You know, I just, I guess I'm a little bummed. I'm a little bummed. I thought, thought we had something there, thought we could laugh about something, but it seems, it seems Kenny Galladay is, um, you know, in this for himself. He's a big, bad NFL player now, and he doesn't need peasant bloggers with, like, dozens of listeners a week to like him. And realistically, Kenny Galladay can do whatever he wants. He's a receiver um, in the NFL, and I'm a guy who, like, played a little bit of varsity hockey for an all-boys Catholic school. So, you know, our sports resumes are a little different, so he can pretty much do whatever he wants. He's probably in my girlfriend's DMs right now as we speak. Um, so good for, good for both of you. Go Lions. All right, well, moving on. Um, so from that, you know, I, I wrote this article today, but then today at, at work was, was kind of a zoo. Uh, my company that I work for, we, whatever, long story short, we put in a skate park downtown Detroit, um, and it's really cool. So I actually got the opportunity to interview Tony Hawk today. Yeah, like the Tony Hawk from, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. I don't know if any of you guys played... Tony Hawk. I mean, I'd be really bummed if you didn't, because that video game was just hot as shit. And I and I told him that. I I was like, hey Tony, I can't even stand up on a fucking skateboard, but your video game was hot as shit. Um, and I actually wish I would have said hot as shit, but I, I think I just said something like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Tony Hawk, I just think is the absolute man. Um, he made skateboarding relevant to kids like me who just played team sports, you know, baseball, hockey, football. He really uh, made skating interesting, skateboarding interesting for like 
you know, the kids who played the mainstream sport. So salute to you. Awesome video game. My favorite cheat code was definitely kid mode because I played it when I was 11 so I could actually be an 11-year-old in the game and moon physics because you could just fucking go up a ramp and you could be up there for an hour and a half. Your mom's yelling at you to come eat dinner. You didn't even have to pause the game. You, you go eat dinner, come back. You'd still be spinning in the fucking air beating the video game with moon physics on. That game was hot as fuck. And speaking of hot things, uh, the summer months are coming to an end, and we are in the middle of August and approaching fall. Uh, I fucking love fall. Um, I've said that before. I, I get it. I'm a total, I'm a basic white girl bitch with a North Face, Ugg boots, and fucking leggings on, and a pumpkin spice latte. But I don't even, I don't even care. Um, I embrace that I love the fall. When those leaves start turning, uh, my juices get churning, if you will. Um, I'm really sorry about that, but I really do enjoy fall. And then just the sports aspect of it. Like I cannot wait for NFL kickoff, like holy shit. Um, so I've talked to you guys about my fantasy group before, and I believe the last time I brought them up, I was going to pick the order of the draft, uh, right after I got done recording. And I did, um, so I picked the order, and I got the sixth overall pick. Um, so thank God I didn't get number one because I'd be a dead man. But I got sixth overall, and the, with every passing year, I, I think I get more and more into fantasy football to the point where, like, there's, like, days where my, I, my head is just spinning with fantasy football. It's, it's like, kind of pathetic. I don't want to be that into it, but I just I just am a loser, and I'm, I'm that into it. I can't really help it. And – um, right now, so we pick, we picked the order of my fantasy draft on July 31st and the draft isn't until September one. So that's a full month of just knowing your draft position and thinking about all of the possible scenarios for your team, churning it over and over in your head, knowing where everybody else is picking and like trying to like figure out what their pick would be and during this time period everyone just like turns into an absolute snake or a worm or a weasel everyone is like Baelish and Varys in Game of Thrones everyone's just looking for any inkling of information that they can get from someone else to maybe get a hint at what pick they're gonna get um, you get texts from guys that you've never even texted on the side, really. It's just kind of been in the group chat. They're just kind of part of the, the league. Um, but everyone's sniffing around trying to get a piece of whatever the fuck you're thinking of picking. So you really got to just be on your guard. You got to really be heads up during this time. Um, and then once you kind of poke everybody for what you think they might take or what you think they're doing – that's like day three of knowing the order. And then you just got like three weeks for to play with your head and like to go through every possible scenario in the NFL. Uh, and then, you know, like, like Kenny Galladay catches two touchdown passes versus the worst secondary in the NFL. And you're like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should find a way to get him into my draft order. See, and me even saying this, like people in the league might take that and run with it. Not to mention the amount of lies that are just – flowing out of people's fucking mouths during this time like people will say they like somebody they don't like somebody he sucks he's awesome nothing 
is truthful. There's no basis or any foundation to what anybody's saying. We're all friends. We've all been friends for like over a decade. And no one will give anybody a straight answer on anything we're doing. Fantasy tears apart friendships and brings out the worst in people. And, and we haven't even fucking drafted yet. And this is the first year that we're doing the draft live um, for, this, for this group. Um, and I'm really excited for it. But one of my buddies is hosting it, and he's married. He's got a house. Um, you know, we're kind of we're seeping into that, that grown-up shit that freaks everybody out, which got me shaking in my boots as well. But, um, you know, he's married. He's got a house. And, like, just the things we say we're going to do to his house – when we're there, like he's our buddy he invited us over. He's hosting us at his, at his, yeah, at his condo. And, and like, all we keep saying is that like, we're going to smoke cigs, um, in his wife's closet during the draft. Um, I won't stop asking him what the, the defecation policy is, um, on the floor, because I, I think the draft is going to get so wild this year that, I'm going to either lose – I'm going to drop a dump on the floor or I'm going to just start urinating uncontrollably. So I'm, I'm looking for his policy on that. Um, as far as food goes, we can't agree on anything, which is no shock at all. Um, we are trying – right now we're trying to put together the messiest food we can um, so we can destroy our buddy's house the most. It's just, it's just anarchy. Um, no one's looking out for anybody, and it's, it's just really a dark time. It's really a dark time. The fall version of yourself during fantasy football really kind of shows who you are as a man um, and as a friend in this in this fantasy football league. It's it's truly, truly pathetic. You know, and I wonder, you know, I've I've wondered, you know, are there are there guys out there who just, you know, have a fantasy football league and it's, you know, it's all good fun and you know, they they laugh and they enjoy it. Um, you know, there there probably does exist. Um, the one that I exist in is just a dog-eat-dog world um, where you want nothing more than to win the trophy at the end of the year and to tell every one of your friends to eat a dick, to eat your dick. Um, you tell them whatever you want, really, because once you win that championship, you you kind of own all of them until next year. Um, so I'm fortunate enough to be living with that right now. Um, but it's it's not that satisfying. No one like says like good job on the league. Like no, no one does that at all. They they tell you to fuck off, and you know they they make fun of your family and your heritage and your looks and your insecurities. Um, it's really, it I don't even I don't even know. It's friend. They're my friends. It's all I got. But you know it's a uh, it's it's definitely a grueling season. Uh, fantasy football is at least at least mentally and you know self esteem wise because because the boys the boys will get after you. But let's move on to um, a segment that I've done before. We're going to do over-underrated again. Uh, I thought it went pretty decent last time. I got some good feedback on it. Um, The iPod game, I got a lot of negative feedback on, um, so I'm probably just going to cut that one. It didn't work as well as I would like it to. Um, But I did like over-under, so let's, let's do that. Let's do that right now. So just so you all know, um, this week's um, words for over-under were submitted by my girlfriend. And fun fact, last week I asked her if she would submit questions for me, or not questions, but terms for over-under, and she kind of missed the deadline. She was, like, really nervous to, like, give me bad words um, to you. So that's why I had to call in uh, my fat friend Jerry, 
who lives in Cleveland. He's an accountant, whatever. Um, and you know, he gave me, he actually gave me some great words. Um, so thanks Jerry, you fat fuck. All right. Now my girlfriend did give me words this week. So we are going to go with what she gave me. So again, I haven't seen these words. Um, you will get my pure reaction as I view them. Um, she sends me an email and then I just, I only open the email, like, you know, the window a certain amount and then I pull it down to see, um, as we go. So the first one for over underrated number one. Oh, Demi Lovato. Okay. She, she knows I fucking love Demi Lovato. Demi, Demi Lovato is so fucking underrated. It kind of hurts. Um, she's one, she's drop dead gorgeous and two, she can sing her fucking heart out, which you can't say about like Selena Gomez or a few other of these girls that are just like super fucking mega stars. But Demi Lovato can absolutely belt it. And I love, uh, Ariana Grande, or as I like to say, Ariana Grande. But I, I think Demi Lovato is way more attractive than her. Um, and I just, I don't think Demi gets, I mean, I know she's a big star. I just think she's pretty underrated um, on the pop culture scene. So Demi Lovato, underrated. What's wrong with being confident? All right, next one here. What do we got? Dentists. I feel like they, I'm going to go with underrated. I'll say they're underrated because the dentist gets like a bad rap in like childhood cartoons. There's always like drills going on and I've never really minded the dentist really. You know, they give me laughing gas. They drug, they drug me, they numb me up and my mouth gets like a massage and it gets like fixed, which, which is good. So I, I guess I enjoy the dentist more than like the media allows it to portray. So I'm going to go with dentists are underrated. So we got two underrated so far. All right. Number three, the, the hood. I, I gotta believe the hood is overrated. Now, guys, I know um, I'm a white boy. I love hockey. My name's Frank, for fuck's sake. Um, I'm wearing like a golf polo right now. Like I'm a white guy. I get it. But I did grow up um, in East English Village on the east side of Detroit. I went to a very diverse grade school. I had a very diverse upbringing. I'm not saying I grew up in the hood by any means. I had a great neighborhood, great neighbors around me. Um, some of my best friends forever lived on my street. Um, but a few streets over, um, is definitely the motherfucking hood. Um, it definitely was, uh, you can ask anybody on, on the block that definitely was the hood over there. And the hood is cool in rap songs. The hood is fucking cool to rep. Um, if you make it out of the hood, but let me tell you, the hood's fucking overrated. Living in the hood is not something that you want to sign up for. Uh, let me just say that the hood is overrated in rap songs. I mean, unless you make it out of the hood, then it's pretty tight that you came from the hood. But if that made any sense. All right, number four, let's move on. Uh, oh, wow. Corn dogs over underrated. Uh, corn dogs are completely underrated. I think people hear the word corn dog and they take it as some sort of joke or they laugh because it's like a breaded tube of meat on a stick. Um, which yeah, sounds gross and like, ew, why would you ever eat that? But once you get one of those, a warm motherfucker and you start dipping it in ketchup and mustard, um, I think, I think your mind changes. Corn dogs are underrated. They're fucking delicious. And honestly, I wish I had more corn dogs in my diet. How's that sound? Corn dogs underrated. We got three underrated and one overrated. Let's move on to number five. 
Ah. <laughs> All right. So last week, Jerry gave me Brandon Stark, and I kept calling him fucking Bron because he typed out Bron. Fat fuck Jerry typed out Bron and made me say Bron on the airs when I meant to say Bran. But I really blame Jerry, but I need to be better than that. So, in that vein, here's another character from Game of Thrones. So, number five for over-under is Brienne of Tarth. Uh, Brienne of Tarth is the fucking butch woman guard of, like, the Stark daughters. Um, I'm going to say Brienne of Tarth is underrated. She's had to fight for everything in her life. Um, I mean, she literally... I mean, we thought she killed the Hound, which which would have been really fucking impressive. Um but, I mean, she essentially did kill the Hound. She defeated the Hound in a fight. Um, and she just keeps kicking ass. I think this season right now, she, she really, if she wants to prove that she can protect those Stark daughters, she'll fucking catch on to Baelish. If she catches on to Baelish, th- she's, she's fucking legit. But she's underrated. She's, she's a badass bitch. All right, number six. Uh, shotgunning beers. Wow. There's, there's like two ways to look at this. Like the knee jerk is obviously shotgunning beers is underrated, bro. Shotgunning beers is so fucking cool. Um, shotgunning beers is great when like it goes down easy and you're done and then you just got a full beer in you and you're like, great. That was awesome. And in college, like, I feel like, you know, you, we could just shotgun after shotgun after shotgun. And now, you know, 26, still, still relatively young fellow, um, Shotgunning beers has become more of an issue going forward. Um, and, you know, that moment when you get done shotgunning and you're just kind of like trying to burp as hard as you can and it feels like your chest is about to explode, that fucking hurts. That part, that shitty part of a shotgun is so overrated. But to be honest, jamming your keys into the side of a cold domestic and uh, sh- open it, putting it up to your mouth and cracking it open and letting it just run down your gullet until you have a full beer in you in less than eight seconds, you know, you can't really beat it. It's an underrated uh, visual and experience. So I'm going to say shotgun in your beer is also underrated. Oh, number seven, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are fucking overrated. They're, they're, the Detroit Lions are they're overrated. Um, I love them. I want them to win. But I'm so sick of going into every season going like, Hey, uh, you know, this year I think they're going to be good. I'm thinking 11 and 6. You know, it's just like they're overrated. Like until they win a fucking playoff game in my lifetime, they're overrated. Hey, love you guys. Win a playoff game, then I'll say you're underrated. You you got to win a you got to win a playoff game. You're you're overrated. Love you guys. Uh, number 8, golf. Golf's underrated. Uh, golf is very highly toted. Um, and I'm going to be honest, you asked me this a year ago, I would say it's overrated. Uh, I've never golfed more than I have ever. I've never golfed as much this year as I've golfed in my entire life. Um, and as I'm getting older, I'm starting to appreciate the game a little more. You know, you're kind of out, you're out in nature. It's quiet. It's silent. You're crushing beers. You maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're smoking a bowl. Maybe, I don't know what you're into. I don't know what you're into, but you're having a few beers normally with the guys. You're out in nature. It's peace. It's calm. It's quiet. You're disconnected from fucking technology. Um, and you're like playing a sport on top of all of it, which is awesome. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's underrated and I can, I can literally hear my girlfriend throwing up at our apartment right now with me saying golf is underrated, but I'm going to say it's underrated. I'm kind of getting into it. 
Uh, number nine, <laughs> Little Caesars Pizza. Pizza, pizza. Wow. I, dude, people cry about hot and sweaties. They really do. They bitch, they moan. I think they're fucking delicious. Like, I crave a hot and ready. They're like, oh, well, it's just like frozen mozzarella on ragu. And I'm just like, well, they fucking nailed that. They nailed That's a grand slam that they hit with that. Because I think it is fucking delicious. Um, afterwards, holy shit. Like, literally shoot me and shoot my entire family so they don't have to know that I died from eating a Little Caesars pizza. But it's literally hell after you get done eating it. Um, the shit that that does to my body afterwards is fucking painful. I mean, and it's not, it's not like just pizza in general. It's like, a, it's a hot and ready specific. If I get some from Hungry Howie's, like, I'll feel like shit, but not like inevitable death feel like shit. When I eat a little Caesars, like, I need to like punish myself. Like, I call my dad and just have him yell at me for like, you know, whatever he feels like yelling at me for that day because I need to be punished for eating that pizza. Um, but with that being said, they're underrated. They're fucking delicious. And they sponsor the Red Wings. Like, holy shit. Uh, and with the last one, <laughs> my girlfriend put this list together. So we have, we have monogamy with a wink face. So monogamy's uh, like, what do you want me to say here? It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's un you want me to say it's underrated. Okay. So monogamy is definitely underrated because who wouldn't want to spend the rest of their life with one person there. You happy, Sarah? I said it. Okay. <sighs> really, really tied my hands with that one because, you know, we got to do these live. Otherwise, my reactions aren't genuine and the whole thing goes to shit. And then if I skip over that one, then, you know, I just got to I got to get yelled at when I get home. So there you go. You got your answer. Very nice move. So, yeah, lesson learned on the uh, on having the girlfriend provide the terms for over under. That's probably a uh, probably a one and done. Fat boy, Jerry, you're going to get the call. Uh, Call out of the bullpen for, for next week. So start start cooking, Tubbs. All right, well, let's use the last you know few minutes here to, to drop into uh, our Game of Thrones winners and losers. This week's episode was an interesting one. Um, I got to tell you, I was not super impressed with this episode. I know that's like murder, like everyone gets mad and would yell at that, but logistically, Game of Thrones is taking liberties that they need to stop taking. I get it, it's a show, and I let a lot of that go, but right now, they are traveling like cross-country like it's a flight from Detroit to Chicago. I mean, Jon Snow is going from fucking Dragonstone to the wall like it's a hop, skip, and a jump. And I just don't get it. Like, when they had Rob Stark moving down towards Castle Rock, uh, that that took, like, two seasons. And now we have Jon Snow skipping back and forth like it's fucking 2025. Additionally, Jamie, the Jamie Lannister fucking, like, cliffhanger at the end of the episode before this one, of him sinking into the water, uh... That was, like, huge. That had people talking for the whole week. And then they start the episode, and he just, like, pops out of the river on the other side with Bronn holding him. Like, what? Like, first off, they were eight feet offshore when that dragon blew the fire at him, okay? For some reason, eight feet off that shore, and he was in Mariana's Trench because he was sinking, like, a ton of bricks, covered in, covered in metal armor, 
and his hands made a fucking metal. Braun somehow runs the fastest 40-yard dash ever, tackles him into the water, sinks to the bottom, or whatever, gets him, and then they just pop out on the other side of the, the river. And Khaleesi doesn't fucking care. Like, they captured every prisoner in that camp and torched whoever didn't trust in her alive. But she didn't think to say, like, where's Jamie Lannister? They were just, and then, like, Bronn and Jamie were able to watch, like, the smoldering debris from the distance and then just, like, get up and walk back to Castle Rock. What? Fuck. I don't know. I just, I just was upset with the writers on that one. Like, you, you got lazy there. Like, they just, I just don't get how they just popped out of the water there. Like, that was a huge cliffhanger you had for us. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, no, we're good. Bronn's just like. Like, what they did he hold them underwater the whole time? Did they have little straws that they were breathing out of? Like, Khaleesi was right there. Like, wouldn't she have seen their heads pop up and just yelled, like, Dracarys again and fucking torch both of them? Or captured them and made them prisoners? She had the whole army with them. Fuck, man. Damn it. All right, well, I apologize, but you got to agree with me. Like, these logistics are, are not making sense. And the... Other thing, why why is the plan to go to leave Dragonstone for Jon Snow, to, to leave Dragonstone, go to the wall, go across the wall, capture the the a White Walker, and then bring it to Cersei? Why is this the plan? This is the best plan they could come up with. This is dumb. This plan makes no sense. And if Jon Snow goes down, the whole oppo is fucking bucked. I don't understand the planning and the logistics at this point. Okay, bitching aside, I know you guys don't want to hear me bitch about Game of Thrones. I don't want to bitch about Game of Thrones. I fucking love the show. So let's talk about um, some quick winners and losers here. So this list wasn't as clear, cut, and dry as I would have liked it to been. Um, but fuck it, let's just let's just go let's go through it. So the number three loser, we'll start with losers. Um, number three on that list, I got Arya and Sansa. Um, they're starting to not get along that well, and I really don't like that at all. I want them to get along. I want all the Starks to get along. I'm a I'm a fucking Stark supporter, and that includes Jon Snow. I know he's not a fucking Stark, but well, I mean he's like half Stark, but um, I want to see the Stark succeed, um, which I know is foolish of me, but I do. Um, so Arya and Sansa kind of beefing, I don't like it all. And I fucking hate Baelish so much. And he's just, he played Arya, Arya like a fucking fiddle. So I'm really hoping Brandon Stark can just step in there and be like, yo, I see everything. I'm fucking spinning. But Baelish is, Baelish is being a rat weasel dick fuck. Um, another loser, Braun. Uh, Braun doesn't, it doesn't look like Braun's going to get paid. Um, the whole reason he does anything is to get fucking paid, and it just seems like he's going to get killed before he gets paid. So, uh, Cersei found out that Bronn made a deal with uh, with Tyrion to meet with Jaime, and she's just she's going to probably take probably take a big poop on his face. Um, I don't see that any well for Bronn. I don't think he's in a good position. Um, one to get paid, and two to fucking live. Also coming in at number two, tied with Braun, I'm putting Jamie in there as well, um, because Cersei says she's fucking pregnant. Uh, Jamie knows they can't win this fucking war, but now Cersei has him by the balls 
because she says she's pregnant. Do I think she's pregnant? I don't know. I could see her lying. A couple of my buddies think she's lying. I don't fucking know, but either way, Jamie's a loser um, for one, impregnating his sister again, two, for having to fight a war uh, that he knows he really can't win, and that whole he's got like one hand going on. That's 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 tough to get in the win column with that. Um, and then the number one loser I have for this week, which kind of sucks, you know, might, he may not be number one, but I wanted to touch on this, is Sam. Sam Altali. Uh, he had a rough go of it. One, like on, on one side, I really fucking love that he's sacking up and he looked through all the books to find out how to defeat the fucking White Walkers and shit. Um, that's awesome. And I do love that he sacked up and left that fucking Maester place. That place sucked. Um, but on the other hand, uh, his dad and brother got torched. I know he hated his dad, but like, I don't, I don't know if he wanted him like dead. So they were torched, which is probably going to throw a monkey wrench somewhere down the line in the system. And on top of it, he missed the, the most golden piece of information that we got out of that episode that Jon Snow is a rightful heir to the throne. Uh, he missed it fucking bitching right into, uh, to Gilly, and Gilly said it to him point blank, and he didn't even, didn't even pick up on it. Um, so that was, that was a big L. That was a big L. Let's move into the winners. Uh, the winners, number three, Khaleesi. That's an easy one. She has, I'm just going to go with basically she has less enemies than she did the day before. Um, I'm taking her answer on that one. And that was just fucking awesome. She rode a dragon in and like torched a bunch of Lannisters. That's a fucking W in my book. Number two, Jorah. Jorah got cured of Grayscale, which never happens, thanks to the boy Sam, who's number one loser on the other side. But And he got to see Khaleesi again, which like, holy shit. I thought that reunion would be a little more um, heartfelt, but they were, they were very excited to see each other. And this guy will do anything for Khaleesi. Nose of the grindstone. He says he's going across the wall with that crew to go capture a White Walker. And speaking of that crew, the number one fucking winner of Game of Thrones last episode was that fucking crew of Giant's Bane, the Hound, Jon Snow, fucking Jorah. Uh, who am I missing? Oh, they went and got um, the Baratheon kid who swings a hammer like his dad did. Holy shit. That fucking crew is hotter than the goddamn Avengers. And you better fucking believe it. You want no other crew going across the wall to capture a goddamn White Walker to bring it to Dragonstone. I think the plan's stupid, but the crew they got is so goddamn hot that it's hard for me to get mad at the show for giving a reason to assemble that crew to go fight dead frozen zombies across the wall. Well, that guy's got a flaming fucking sword. Woo! Well, I'm fired up for them. I'm calling them the big dick crew or the big cock crew. What do we want? I'll go big swinging cock crew, swinging cock. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on what I want to call them, but it's going to involve something with a big penis because they all got big penises. No eunuchs in that crew. That's for damn sure. I don't care about that. All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap on Game of Thrones. That's a wrap on The Fizz. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for Foundation Hotel for hosting me. And thank you to the Score app for sponsoring this podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Woo! Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah.